Hey, it's me, your barista. So you know how you come in almost every day for our cold foam coffee? Yeah, well, I might be putting myself out of a job by telling you this, but now there's an easy way to foam at home with new International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. With three new foaming flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato, who could blame you if you stopped coming in altogether? Yeah, it's that foaming delicious. You're welcome. New International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. Now in stores. It's foaming delicious. Hi, I'm Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. Antimatter may sound like science fiction, but it actually surrounds us every day. Antimatter is used commonly in modern medicine and even gets produced by the bananas sitting in your kitchen. More on that in a minute. Antimatter also poses one of the biggest mysteries in physics. When an antimatter particle and its opposite, regular matter particle, encounter one another, they annihilate and produce a burst of energy. During the Big Bang, regular matter, the stuff you and I are made of, and antimatter should have been created in equal amounts. Thus, we would have expected all of those matter and antimatter pairs to have crashed into one another, leaving behind a universe full of energy in the wake of their destruction. And yet, we are here in a universe full of regular matter stuff. So what is antimatter, and how can we study it to figure out why it hasn't destroyed us all? Matter is made up of atoms, which we have mapped out as a nucleus of subatomic particles called protons and neutrons, with a number of electrons swirling around it. The kind of atom you have, whether it be hydrogen, carbon, oxygen, etc., is defined by the number of protons in the nucleus. Hydrogen has one proton, and carbon has six, while oxygen has eight. Those protons have positive charge, so when an atom is in its normal state, it has an equal number of negatively charged electrons to balance out those protons, resulting in a neutral atom. Neutrons, as their name suggests, are already neutral. So subatomic particles, those proton, neutron, and electron pieces that build together to make an atom, can have charge, and they can also have spin, a quantity that represents the particle's angular momentum, which relates to its speed and direction of rotation. Every matter particle is believed to have an associated antimatter particle, which is identical except for having the opposite charge and spin. For electrons, that antimatter particle is a positron, which has the same mass but positive charge and a counter-rotating spin. Physicist Paul Dirac first predicted the existence of antimatter in 1928, and positrons were soon discovered by Carl Anderson in 1932. Both men received Nobel Prizes in Physics for their work. Although our predictions suggest that antimatter was created in large amounts during the Big Bang, it is rare now, at least compared to normal matter. Antimatter electrons, or positrons, are used in medical imaging to get high-resolution views of our bodies. If you've ever had a PET scan, that P in PET stands for positron, with the full name Positron Emission Tomography. The bananas sitting in your kitchen also produce positrons. You have probably heard that bananas are rich in potassium, an element that always has 19 protons in its nucleus. 
Different forms of potassium, called isotopes, however, have different numbers of neutrons and differing levels of stability. Bananas tend to have a lot of the isotope potassium-40, which has 21 neutrons and will occasionally decay into argon, a process that spits out a positron roughly every 75 minutes. That may sound like a lot, but keep in mind that those antimatter positrons are quickly annihilated. Our bodies also contain similar isotopes that result in tiny amounts of antimatter production. In order to study antimatter to determine its uses and ultimately to understand how our universe ended up with the surplus of matter that allows our existence, particle physicists can generate antimatter and particle accelerators like the Large Hadron Collider, buried about 100 meters underground at the France-Switzerland border. The antimatter particles are first generated through very high-speed collisions, but then must be slowed down for physicists to get a good look at them, using something called an antiproton decelerator. There are a variety of ongoing antimatter experiments at CERN, the European Council for Nuclear Research, and the institution that runs the Large Hadron Collider. Particle physicists there are investigating the biological effects of antiprotons, whether we can use antimatter to target cancer tumors, how anti-hydrogen atoms behave relative to their normal hydrogen atom counterparts, and even whether gravity affects antimatter the same way it does normal matter. CERN provides an interesting historic timeline of antimatter research on their website. Now, fans of Star Trek may recall that the Starship Enterprise used the energy created by antimatter-matter annihilation to propel itself faster than the speed of light. Certain groups, like the Tau Zero Foundation, founded by a former NASA physicist, are investigating whether such propulsion could become a reality and thus make interstellar travel possible. A huge inhibiting factor, however, is cost. NASA estimated a price tag of $62.5 trillion per gram of antihydrogen back in 1999. CERN has quoted a cost of a few hundred million Swiss francs to produce the approximately one billionth of a gram created in the experiments there. As for why we exist at all and haven't been annihilated in a burst of light thanks to matter-antimatter collisions— the best theory so far is that there was one measly extra matter particle for every billion matter-antimatter pairs created in the early universe. And that was enough to leave behind the matter-filled universe as we know it today. The reason for that initial asymmetry, however, remains a mystery. Until next time, this is Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Helping You Make Sense of Science. You can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter where I'm at QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. 
Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.